As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of the podcast. It's Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And jargon is on the list for today, understanding some financial jargon. Uh, designations, definitions, all that good kind of stuff, maybe a little bit of what's bugging Charles, some email questions, lots of good stuff happening on the podcast today. So hang out with us here for about 15, 20 minutes as we talk about these things. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, we're great. I've said it before. If you, if I was any better, I'd have to be twins. There you go. That's fine. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I can't complain. Well, I always complain, but I'm not going to complain about that. There you go. Well, you're doing all right. You and the, you and Miss Sherry doing fine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Very yeah, good. nothing, nothing. Just plod, you know, put one foot in front of the other and have fun. There you go. Life is short. Enjoy it while you can. That's right. Get your stuff Help people done. and it even makes it even better. Well, listen, you again have got some a wealth of information as we talked about before, and so I want to talk about some jargon because there's a lot okay. of it in your industry. Oh God, yeah. Uh, every industry's got it. Let's be fair, though, right? There's, there's oh, yeah. a lot of industries that just have an awful lot of jargon, and sometimes it's not needed. Sometimes it is. Uh, so, you know, everyone, especially but in this industry, Charles, I mean, it seems like you can pretty much slap the advisor thing on any on anybody, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and they that's do. done all the time, and it's monumentally confusing. And right. it's, in my opinion, not having gone to – I'm not an attorney, and I've never played one on TV. Okay. But to me, it's – they're lying. Okay. You know, All right. when they, when they, when they use terminology inappropriate. Right. So I'm picky about that. So. Well, then let's talk about it a little bit then. So on this episode, <laughs> we're going to try, we'll try to break it down just a little bit. Okay. You'll see some folks listed as something like an IAR while others are promoted as being an RIA. Yeah. Uh, so we got retirement uh, investment advisor, right? Is that what that is? For it, the- it, it, I'm an investment advisor representative. That's an IAR okay. or I'm a RIA, which is a registered investment advisor. How do we tell the difference? And is there? Oh, it's, it's, it's simple. Well, I own Peloton Capital Management. Mm-hmm. That's the corporation. It is the RIA. It is registered as the investment advisor. The okay. corporation is. Mm-hmm. I, as an individual, I am an investment advisor representative of Peloton Capital Management. Gotcha. So that's personal to me. It's corporate for the RIA. Now, I could be if it was just me and I didn't want to have a corporation mm-hmm. as an umbrella entity over me, then I could be an RIA personally. And when I started off as a registered investment advisor, I was. Okay. And I would still be an IAR. And this, so that's is this for some of the, I guess, the um, big, bigger firms regulations in order to be able to yeah. to deal yeah. with securities and various different products? Yeah, it's all you, it, it's all based around the securities licenses that you have to have. OK, well, there's there's a question about that. Yeah, we'll get to up. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all it's all that. And then it's how you register and who you register with. OK. And All there's right. a couple of reg- regulatory entities that, depending on what kind of a, you know, if you're just a stockbroker and you just sell stocks for commissions, blah, 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 then you're registered with FINRA, which is the Financial Industry National Registration Association. I think it's something like that. I think you got that right. But you'd yeah. be a broker, you'd work for a broker dealer. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it can be confusing. And I'll guarantee you when people, there's a ma- major advertiser, national company, 
that talks about we're registered investment advisors. Well, they talk about the fact that we're a fiduciary, but then they say things that don't allow them to act as a fiduciary in their advertising. Hmm. So Interesting. It, it makes me crazy. And the SEC is the over, overreaching government body that, that kind of the, uh, says, yeah, yeah, you're native of these things. You're, yeah, you're, you're ultimately, depending on the size of your, of your firm, mm-hmm. you're either with the SEC if you're larger or with your state if you're smaller. I got you. And okay. We're with, we're with the state of Arizona just because we're not giant. Gotcha. Okay. So you mentioned, uh, you know, the different different kinds of licenses. So some advisors yeah. will talk about various de- designations or licenses like a Series 65, uh, a Series 7. There's yeah. a few others in there with the series yeah. and the title. So explain that to folks. I have been over the years, I've had a 6, a 7, an 8, a 24, a 63, a 65. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and it just, <laughs> so the Series 7 is the general securities license. And that's what you have to have to be able to, if you're working for a broker dealer, like a Wells Fargo advisors, or it's, I don't even know, was it just Merrill now? Would it be Merrill Lynch okay, or so, Edward Jones? Okay. Edward so, Jones. so basic, okay. uh, I guess a basic yeah. stock broker, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, yes. That's, that's a general securities license to be able to sell stocks and bonds. Okay. And mutual, you know, you, you need to have a seven. Okay. It's different now. And it's, they change it around periodically. Mm. The 65. So I've had a seven, but I don't need a seven. And I mean, this gets where it starts to get confused. I don't need a seven to do what I do because as, as a owning a registered investment advisory firm and being an investment advisor representative, mm-hmm. I'm not selling things for securities commissions, which mm-hmm. is what the seven allows you to do. Okay. But the 65 is the license that I have. And that allows me to be a registered investment advisor or own a registered investment advisory firm or work for a registered investment advisory firm because we're doing fees or we're doing, you know, in, in some way or another. And so does that give you more of the gamut of things to be able to work with people on? Is that where the fiduciary comes in? Uh, the fiduciary is just because I choose to be a fiduciary because yeah. I want to do what's in the best interest of the client. Okay. And I am legally obligated to do that, which is absolutely fine with me. Because why would you do it any other way? <laughs> You're right. The fact that we have to have a little, yeah, it's just, that's no, just what I, it should yeah, be. Yeah. No, it is kind of goofy. But I, yeah. you know, you ask a question, somebody's selling you, and right now it happens, it used to happen a lot in the securities industry where it's like, I, I have this new product. I want you to buy it. Right. Um, they're not telling you that they're also in a contest that if they sell a bunch of it, they're going to get a trip somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like they don't have to, they, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's still kind of murky around the edges. It can be a little wonky out there, but you just need to have people tell you, um, ask them questions. Are you, you know, yeah. I mean, it happens. There's nothing it, wrong it, still with happens, that. Yeah. it happens. It, no, there's not. We have to disclose everything. Are there any conflicts of interest? Are there any potential conflicts of interest, material conflicts of interest? And are we completely avoiding them or do we hardly have to disclose them? Well, why the hell would I have a conflict of interest? Right. I mean, I mean, that, I make again, it complicated. That, makes, yeah. that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Why, why would I even go someplace where I might have to tell you, oh, well, you know, you could be, you know, you could be helping me win a contest to Maui. I'd just rather go to Maui on my own, for God's sake, instead of with a bunch of other right, people. Right. And just do, and just, yeah, and just do your job the right way the first time. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it is, and it's, this industry is weird in that regard. And Again, I think a lot the, of industries are, but yeah. People, well, I would, yes, I've been in this one so long. I don't know what the hell else goes on. <laughs> uh, uh, the insurance world calls themselves advisors. And unless they have a securities license, they're not, they're an insurance agent. Right. They're insurance only. Just so call yourself what you are. Yeah. yeah. If you do a good job for your clients, people don't care. 
what you are. So, Charles, if people are, are looking at someone, they're thinking about checking somebody out, There's you mentioned FINRA. You could go to FINRA.org, right? You can go to some yeah. state license, uh, some state sites in order to just do a search on the person, see what kind of designations or license they yeah. have, and find yeah. out you know their standing. Go to, go to BrokerCheck.com. BrokerCheck's another one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. BrokerCheck, yep. yeah. I mean, I check them out. I check people out periodically. Just okay, so BrokerCheck.com and FINRA.org yeah. is a couple places you can go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about anyway. a college degree? Uh, if we're talking about designations and just understanding the jargon, how important? I know that through the years, at one point, you <laughs> didn't have to have a college degree. Now you do for the CFP, maybe? Or am I wrong there? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I honestly, I have no, I have no idea. The CFP has never been a the designation that mattered to me at all. Okay. And I'm not going to go into the why. No, of that. it's fine. It just yeah. never mattered to me. They, they, they want you to do things that my contention is, and they hold themselves out to be something different from what they really are. So I, it's a very, very philosophical. Well, there's some marketing opinion. in there. I think like anything, oh, right? you do some God. marketing and you get kind of the, oh, this is yeah. the one you want when it's maybe not the one you need or whatever. Do you have to have a college degree? Yes. Nah, I don't think so. Do you know what you're doing? I have one. Jerry has one. Um, but, you know, I, but the, I don't think it matters. You don't have to. I got a degree in English literature because I loved it. Right. I studied all the pre-medical and pre-dental stuff that you could take because I wanted to go to dental school. And I finally realized, no, I don't. And you know, so I it's I think are you well rounded? Do you read? I mean, I read stuff all the time. I mean, I the the trade magazines and the things in the paper and all you know. And I you know I'm always trying to learn. If you, it's lifelong learning, I think that's what you're after. And somebody that has some sense of being able to explain things to you in a common sense way, if that gives you a better vocabulary because you are college educated, then it's still how do you find a simple and easy way to make people understand what you're talking about and don't. Don't over jargonize it because right. nobody exactly. nobody wants that. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I agree um, with you. I mean, it, it, you know, can you do your job well efficiently, and do you have the skill set to do that, uh, and and the right temperament? And a lot of times, and then of course, you get the proper designations. Like you said, you got to have the right license and so on and so forth to do things legally. But at the end of the day, uh, it does get a bit confusing. And so it's it, hopefully we've given yeah. some people some insight on some things. Whenever you're trying to work with somebody, as we say often, a lot of times, you know, when you're sitting down and you're meeting with them, do they give you the warm fuzzies? Right? Does everything feel like it's clicking and it's good? And this is probably the right fit for you, along with having the proper licenses to do the job for you, right? right. So, yeah, pretty easy. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah, it, on, yes, pretty easy. It should be. It should be. Well, yeah, we tend to, you know, especially when we get government entities and various de- the lawyers really? and so on and so forth. Yeah, it tends to get a little complicated, I, right? I'd never noticed. Never that. noticed that in life. Nah, huh? uh, thanks okay. for the clarity. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's do an email and then we'll finish off with what's bugging Charles this week. Ooh, yeah, yeah. we haven't done one in a while. For last. Yeah. Uh, all right, Doug, out in Tempe, if you're listening, here is your question. He says, I don't like my 401k investment options, Charles, but my company says I'm no longer eligible to roll uh, the money into an outside account. But I do know people who have moved their 401k in the past. So am I missing something? How does this work? What's the deal? Doug, I'm going to assume that you're going to continue to work for the company and that the investment choices inside that company are what you're dissatisfied with. And you'd like to be able to have more choices possibly. I'll ask you a couple of questions. Do you have a, a self-directed window inside your 401k plan that would allow you to go outside of the plan, still be administered by the plan, but then you could pick other investments? You would go out the window and be able to buy other mutual funds, or you could buy stocks or something like that. The other thing you might have, although it usually comes with some restrictions, is you may have the ability to do an in-service withdrawal. 
it's allowed by every by ERISA, which is the governing body that oversees all 401k plans. It's an in-service withdrawal. Not all 401k plans allow it, but it is legal to do if the plan administration wants to allow it to do. There's usually a limit to, you have to be at least X, X number of years old, and there may be some percentage limit that they can put on it. So gotcha. that's another option besides the self-directed window out. That takes you out and puts it into an IRA is what it'll do. And the other thing is, and I've talked about this in the past, is if you really, really, really wanted to do it, we've got a legal process that can take you out of your 401k and transfer the money, but you have to be married. Um, it'll transfer the money to your spouse. So if that's something that's of interest to you, uh, there's a cost to do that. The others have, you know, but the other ones really don't have that cost potentially. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but you know, that's a possibility too. So you can do it. You just have to know what are the, what are the pathways that will allow you to do it legally. So, okay. um, you do a little bit of research on it, call me and let me see what your plan actually yeah. says. And we can do a conference call with your plan administrator and ask them the question. That, hey, yeah. We that's what I was going to ask. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's okay. easy. Yeah. You got to get the administrator involved and, and sometimes having a, uh, you know, a professional, I guess, with you and have it to be able to ask the questions you're not sure to ask can go a long way because they... And, and again, it's the vocabulary that they will use that I know that you might not know. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. If you say a certain a couple of phrases, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Versus, you know, just the, the, they, they're dealing with the, the, the account holders a lot. They're just calling in and they're just asking, Hey, can I do this? No, you can't. And they can kind of get off the call and move on. Right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's true. Versus, uh, versus kind of getting into the nitty gritty. All right. Well, Doug, thanks so much. Definitely reach out to Charles and, uh, and dig into a little bit further, but there's some options for you to certainly ponder. And again, as he said, if you need some help, reach out to him at pelotoncapital.com. And of course, anybody else would like to send an email to the show or subscribe to the show or book some time with Charles or learn more about them, find all that information at pelotoncapital.com. That's P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N capital.com. All right, Charles, what's bugging you, man? I just mentioned a bit ago the with the college education question uh, that I have a degree in English literature. Mm -hmm. The inappropriate use of the word like, L-I-K-E, makes me crazy. <laughs> we've and, uh, we've definitely and, and taken I, it. And I, you know, a like is you look like somebody or I like you. Like is not a verbal pause where you're, you know, it's like an uh, an um, an er. It's become it's, one, yes. It has become one. And it makes me crazy. It's, whoa. Uh, see, I try to use it and then I can't because I, it just... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, we go all the way back to the to the uh, Valley well, Girl days of the '80s yes, when that started. That's a, yes, and that's where it all came from. Like, oh my God, our daughters used to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Inside. he's like gonna, he, he's like gonna go to the movie with me. Yeah. No, he's gonna go to the movie with you. There's yeah. no like needed in that sentence. Oh my God, like what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, th thank you. Well, I mean, it kind like, of works. Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. Uh -huh. uh, our daughters did it. Started doing it. Okay, and you know. It made us nuts. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Because it bugged, it bugged Sherry, too. Not as much as it bugged me, but very little bugs her as much as things bug me. She's the rudder of this whole entity. Mm -hmm. uh, but I said, here's what we're going to do. Told them both at the same time. Here's what we're going to do. When you say it inappropriately, because you know that you're wrong. You just, you're not thinking completely. You're just blurting out like. Right. I said, when you say it and it's incorrect. All we're going to do is say right back to you instantly, like, not going to yell at you, not right. going to shake my finger or anything else. I'm just, we're just going to say it out loud. So, you know, you said it. Yeah. Just, and just walk around shouting like, that'd be pretty funny. 
Well, it, 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 but we, yeah, don't shout. Just tell them, yeah. you know, no, like. Oh, no, I would have, I would have shouted just being obnoxious, being silly, not well, like shouting okay. in, in, but, uh, in meanness. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'll tell you what, within three days, they like to stop doing it. They like to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they we all get it. these verbal tics and, and, and yes. sometimes they morph, you know, whether you're, you pause or you and or um, I got into this kick for a while and I still do it. I keep saying, you know. Well, you know, it's like this, and then you go into it. So I'm doing all three. Of the, I'm doing the things you really don't like in there. So, uh, and I keep dropping that word. So it's interesting, right? That we do we kind of pick up yeah. verbal verbal ticks, and sometimes they stay with us for a while, and sometimes we can get rid of them, you know, with a little bit of work. I, I'm going to tell you what you some people might consider to be a creepy story, but it's not. I just I don't think it is. <laughs> okay. I was someone said a conference, and I can't remember where. It really doesn't make any difference. And there were like four or five people in the. There were like four or five people in the seat, <laughs> in the in the men's bathroom, all standing at urinals. And I heard one guy talking to another guy talking about the fact that his kid was doing using the word like. Uh-huh. And when we all had washed our hands, I said to him, "Let me tell you what I did for our daughters." And I said, "And here's my card. Call me in a couple of weeks to see if it works." He called me. Uh-huh. He said, "Oh my gosh, it worked." She stopped. Like, said, yeah. Just say like. I said, just say like back to them, just say like back gently, to them. and explain why you're doing it so they know up front, and then they will be amazed how many times they say it, then they don't think about it, and it goes away. So it's, it bugs the, still the bejesus out of me, but uh, yeah. uh, well, I anybody tell you, that wants to know, there you I'll go. help you. There you go. i tell you how I caught the you know um, with myself is I, a lot of times I'll use talk to text. Uh, to oh, try okay. to to try to hurry yeah. up and just kind of get something done, somebody yeah. needs a response back or whatever. And I was looking at several messages, and I would see that I had said, you know, you know, we could probably blah 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 blah, you know, and like, and I noticed that I in the <laughs> looking back at it before you hit send, I was like, wow, I say you know a lot. So well, you know, a, that's the, a good, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah so the were. being able to see the words started to make me realize I was doing it too much. And I know I'm still doing it, but at least you have some way of working through it. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's all it is. Cause you do go. get, you just, they just become have a habit and you don't think I have a tendency when I'm starting to talk to somebody or if I'm doing a presentation, there's some ums in the beginning, sure. that I, you know, that eventually go away over the course of, you know, the first five minutes, I say it um, too many times. Well, typically we're thinking, right. So when we get oh, to yeah. those ums, it's because we're trying to put the, the thoughts Make into sh- place. Yeah, get a, get everything going in the, the in the order that you want it to go at the speed you want it to go. Right, once you get the engine revved up, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, exactly. Well, there you go, folks. So you tune in for financial conversation. You get some literary as well, and all good sorts of good stuff here on the show. And good parenting tips. And good Pete's parenting sake. tips as well. So do us a favor and hit the like button if you'd like to <laughs> on any of the podcasting apps that if you enjoy the content. Basically, the heart button or whatever it is that just uh, helps subscribe you to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. Check out Financial Choices Matter on all of those or find it all at PelotonCapital.com. That's P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N Capital.com. Thanks for hanging out with Charles and watch out for some of that jargon. If you do have some questions, (laughs) again, like we said, go check out things at BrokerCheck.com. Is that right? BrokerCheck.com? Yeah. 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 And Fenra.org. And we'll see you next time here on Financial Choices Matter.
Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.